Welcome everybody to Grace Church at Home Sunday Service. We're so glad to be invited into your home today. We hope that this service will be a source of blessing and encouragement throughout your week. During this time, you'll continue to hear us say it's so easy to isolate, but we want to encourage you to stay connected. How can you do that through a sermon like this? Well, you can comment on the live feed or you can email at info at gcfw.org. We'd love to hear from you, even if you just want to respond to the sermon. If you have some prayer requests, please reach out. We love you. We pray for you daily. Enjoy today's service. Welcome to Grace Church at Home. We're so glad that you have tuned in on your home devices. And we are excited to just spend some time worshiping with you and being in God's presence. So join us as we worship.
trust in you, God. Our God is
Hey Grace family, thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us. We're going to continue in this time of worship through giving. This past week, we were contacted by the Federway Public Schools and asked to join them and other churches in providing meals to families in need in our community. Many families have been affected by the school closures, and we as a church get to step up and help meet this need. How do we do this? By your continued generosity and by us as a church continuing to trust the Lord with our finances. There's four ways to give. You can come and drop off your gift at the church building during office hours, as well as mail it to us. Online and the Church Center app are also great ways to give. Will you join us as we pray? Jesus, we thank you that you know our needs before we even say them. God, we thank you that you are a God that wants to meet those needs. And as we come together as a church and we continue to worship you, we continue to give you what we have with a cheerful heart. God, we ask that you would receive it and use it in our community. We love you and we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab your notebook, get your Bible, and settle in for today's word. Hey, good morning, Grace Church at Home. I'm so glad that we get to connect this morning. Hey, quick note before we start this morning's message. Um, I want to interact with you. So if you have any questions or comments during the sermon, go ahead and just send in some comments. We'd love to interact this morning. So uh, go ahead and do that. But uh, today's message comes from another one of the familiar stories in the life of Jesus. It's actually when Jesus calmed the storm. Now, I don't know about you, but... This story has always been a bit challenging for me to fully understand, and here's why. See, it describes a time when Jesus and his disciples were on a boat, and a fierce storm comes rolling by, and the disciples are panicked, and they're fearing for their lives, and they're looking for Jesus, and they find Jesus asleep on the back of the boat. Now, I know that at first glance, uh, we look at the story and it feels kind of odd to us, doesn't it? It, It's sensing that here's the disciples and they need Jesus the most and he's nowhere to be found or he's unavailable to them. And so so they're concerned. And I I read the tension in this story. But what what, what we'll learn today is that we need to understand that it is nothing like that. In fact, that's that's not the lesson here. See, Jesus allowed them to go through this moment so that they can really understand what it means to fully rely on him in all things and for all things. That's what I love about this story. But I want to begin this morning's message with asking you a question. And the question is this, how you, have you ever been through a season in your life where you felt like you were going through a storm? You know what I mean by that? It's when the clouds of worry overcome you. You know, the phrase that comes to mind is this phrase, when it rains, it pours. We've all heard that before. You know, what that means is when bad news and bad circumstances compound on each other. We know that burden. We know that feeling of what it's like to live life in that way. But what I love about this story, what, what brings a lot of comfort to me is that this is real life. There's a tension in these real life moments where we feel like we're in a storm. And that tension is this. That tension is, is God Are you able to be found in the midst of the storm? And I want to tell you this morning that the answer to that question is yes, absolutely. In fact, he is more closer than you think. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows what you're going through and he wants to help you through it. 
And my hope is that this morning's message will bring some peace and comfort if you feel like this morning or this season you're going through a storm. Well, let's begin by preparing our hearts with prayer. Join me in praying. Father, we ask, Lord God, that, that, that in this moment, God, whoever's watching through uh, this morning's message or, or is here with us or will watch the recording, God, we pray that wherever they're at, you know where they're at in life. And we pray, God, that you would speak to their hearts, that you would allow your word to bring hope into us. And we ask that all in the powerful name of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. 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 Well, I'm not sure if you've ever experienced a severe weather storm that terrified you, but I know that I have. It was back when my family and I lived in the great state of Missouri. Now, if you don't know anything about Missouri, just know that we have some radical, powerful storms in Missouri. Uh, every spring and every fall, there would be these storm systems that would come through. And I, I loved them. I liked them. I, I loved hearing the thunder and seeing the lightning. I mean, it was so cool to me. I, I would go out and sit on the porch and, and watch the sky light up. It was fun until I had to go through one. <laughs> I remember that storm that really rocked me. And it was a time where I was heading home from the airport. It was nine at night. And, uh, and I'm driving on this two-lane highway, and all of a sudden, I hit this rainstorm, and, and, and it just starts pouring down like really hard where the fastest uh, uh, speed on your windshield wipers doesn't do any good. You ever been <laughs> driving through a storm like that? And all of a sudden, that thunder just rocked me, and, and, and all of a sudden, uh, out of the radio, there was an emergency broadcast message that told everybody to find some shelter, to get off the roads. And then this big flash of lightning lit up the sky. And it was in that moment that I saw a funnel cloud right in front of me. Oh, man, I was so scared. I was terrified. I was miles away from home. But luckily, I remembered that there was a friend nearby about a half mile out. So I get off the road. I'm driving to their house. And all of a sudden, that rain turned into hell. And there was hell the size of golf balls. Trust me, I have photographic evidence of that if you don't believe this story. <laughs> But it was coming down really hard. And I remember getting into my friend's driveway and I'm running out. We run into the storm shelter. Man, I was terrified. I was scared. I, I didn't know what to do. I've never experienced anything quite like that before. And I remember getting into their storm shelter and we rode that storm out. And I remember thinking, man, I don't think I could survive through this night. It was terrifying. I think what terrified me the most was the next day, the aftermath of the storm as I was driving through town and I saw these big trees being uprooted. I, I, saw, I saw homes and buildings turned to rubble. I saw telephone poles snapped in half and that scared me. I saw the magnitude of what a storm could do. It humbled me. Now I know that many of us may never experience a storm quite like I just described, but I think that we've all had moments in life where we felt like we were going through a severe weather storm in that magnitude. And that there was an aftermath that was there that we were afraid of. You know, it might have been through a divorce. It might have been through a loss of a job. Maybe the loss of a family member. Maybe it was a broken relationship. And maybe, just maybe, it might be through this, this, this virus outbreak. You know, these are the storms of life. And storms, like, like all kinds of storms, they, 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 near, they eventually pass. We eventually make them through, but when you're in that storm, it feels like it will never pass. Yeah. And if that's you today, if that's how you're feeling today, then I'm so glad that you tuned in. Because I believe that God's word is going to speak to your heart. Yeah. It's going to settle you down in that peace today. 
because we know that there is one who promises us that he will be with us through the storm and he will help take us through it to the other side. Now, today's message, today's story about Jesus calming a storm, you find it in three of the four Gospels, Matthew 8, Mark 4, and Luke 8. This morning, I'm going to read it out of the book of Mark chapter 4. So go ahead and find uh, that passage of scripture in your Bible or your device. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to start with verse 35. Verse 35, it says, that day when evening came, that day when evening came. Well, you have to understand what was that day? How did that day begin? Well, we get some insight at the beginning of this chapter where it talks about Jesus coming to the shores on the Sea of Galilee. And at this time, he had a lot of people surrounding him, following him. This could have been hundreds to thousands of people that came to hear Jesus teach and preach. They wanted to get a glance at Jesus. And so Jesus decides to do this. Well, he sees that this, this crowd is so big, so he does something genius here. He, he does something remarkable. What he does is he asks one of the boats to, to allow him in, and then he rode out of the shore so that he created this natural amphitheater because of the canyons in the water so that everyone could hear his words. And so Jesus is in this mode and he's preaching from sunup to sundown. And that's a long day of preaching and teaching and ministering to the people. So that's what's happening here. And then it goes on to say that Jesus then at the evening, when, when it finally comes, it says that he tells his disciples, he says, let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowds behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Verse 37 it says, a furious squall came up. Now, another translation says a, a great windstorm or a violent tempest. Now, remember, half of Jesus' disciples were fishermen who actually worked on this body of water. So they were familiar with these storms. They, they were accustomed to having to work through these storms. But what the Bible tells us is that this storm was like no other storm they've ever experienced before. This was something that they've never seen, never experienced. So, so what, is, what do they do? It says that they worried. And then that worry turned to panic, and that panic turned to fear. It goes on to say this. Why did they fear? Why did they have so much fear? It says that the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Now, I'm sure uh, these disciples, especially these fishermen, I'm sure that they kind of felt confident when the storm first approached them. I'm sure they did everything they knew what to do until there was this moment. What was that moment? The Bible tells us this. It was in the moment when the waves started coming into the boat. It tells us that it was the moment where they couldn't get enough water out as much as the water was coming in. It was in that breaking point that their worry, their concern turned to fear. See, I think this is a metaphor, a perfect metaphor, what has happened to many of us right now. See, this boat, it represented security. It represented something that we trusted. It represents their trust in this vehicle that was going to help them get over to where they needed to be. Yeah. But what happens when the things that we put our trust in, the things that we put our security in, what happens when those things seem fragile? Mm -hmm. What happens when those things get shaken? See, we feel so secure when the storm seems like it's on the outside. But what happens when the storm starts to come on the inside? What happens when the waves break through 
and get into our boat. Meaning, what happens when the outside issues start to affect us and they start coming close to home? Then suddenly we're affected by it, aren't we? You know, maybe this virus, maybe it wasn't much of a concern when we heard about it affecting people in China or in Italy. But suddenly it's in America. Then it's in Washington State. Then it's in King County. And now it's in our backyard. Suddenly it's affecting your life and my life and, 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 and our jobs and our families. All of a sudden, it's no longer on the outside, but now it's made its way inside. Now, here's the thing. It's not just about this virus. I think this this could apply to any storm in life. But what happens? What happens when those storms, the things that we put our security in, become vulnerable in the storm or unstable in the storm? What do we do when our boat begins to feel with up with water and we feel like we're about to sink. The question this morning is, what do we do in those moments? How how do we respond in those moments? See, it's in those moments that it's so important for us to anchor our soul into the promises of God because it's in the word of God that feeds our faith. See, if we anchor ourselves into the news cycles or the negative social media feeds, it feeds our fear. But we got to feed our faith in those moments. So we got to anchor ourselves into God's word. Now, here's something that we don't always catch at first glance as we read through the story. But it says this. It says that Jesus told his disciples at the very beginning, before the storm approached them, he said this. He said, let us go to the other side. Here's something to remember in the midst of any storm is whatever Jesus tells you at the beginning of the season in your life. And I know if you're part of Grace Church at the beginning of the year, we sought the heart of God. We sought the voice of God and we took time to fast and pray. And I believe that God gave you a word. Let me tell you that word still stands even in the midst of the storm. And so that word we need to cling to. You know, that word for me was the word courage. I shared that with you. And I'm finding myself in this moment, in the midst of this storm, needing courage. And God's reminding me that I already have it because he gave it to me before the storm came into my path. Whatever the word God gave you, it's for you. It's to prepare you. You need to cling on to it. You need to hold on to it. See, in the midst of the storm, we need to remember God's promises are faithful. If Jesus tells us we're going to go over, nothing's going to take us under. God is good to prepare his people. He wants us to know that we could rest assured in him. That's why he gives us foresight to let us know. We might not have it all figured out, but he lets us know that he is in full control even when life feels out of control. That is the goodness of our God. So you need to remember, and for some of us, we might need to discover the promises of God. See, if we forget the God, the promises of God, then we're going to struggle with our faith when things don't turn out the way we thought they would turn out. And like the disciples, maybe when we're in the midst of the storm. Now, at this point of the story, the disciples go beyond panic. They go beyond worry. They are terrified. The Bible tells us that they, they thought they were going to die. They didn't think that they were going to make it through this storm. So what is Jesus doing during all this. Verse 38, it says, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. 
Here's a little side note that I want to give you. It's interesting that right before these disciples get to witness just the power of his deity and his authority, they first get a glimpse of his humanity. That should bring so much comfort to us because we serve a Savior that's not just in heaven and doesn't understand our struggles. He doesn't, he's not a, he's not a God who doesn't know what it's like to live on this earth. No, he's a God that knows what it's like. The Bible tells us that he can empathize in our weakness, yet he was without sin, but we can now approach God's throne of grace. And listen to this, confidently we can come and we can receive mercy and find grace in our greatest time of need. Come on, that's something you can anchor your soul into. He understands us. I mean, that's comforting right there in itself, but there's more. So a lesson that we learn in the midst of the storm is this, is that in the midst of the storm, we need to come to Jesus. We need to come to Jesus. The disciples, they woke him up and they said this. They said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? Now, Matthew's account says they came to him and said, Lord, what we see in Luke's account is they called him master. And here we see they called him teacher. So you might look at that as you're reading through these and you're like, well, which is it? It seems like it's a contradiction. No, there was 12 guys on that boat and they were freaking out. So they called him everything and anything they can think of to get his attention. You ever felt that way where you're just calling out on God and you're just calling him all the names because you're just like, God, I need you. I need to feel you. I need you to rescue me. Now, just imagine in this moment, Jesus is waking up. He opens his eyes and he's got all these guys in his face. And the thing that they're screaming at him is, don't you care that we are drowning? Now, I love about this story and why I'm so glad that it's in three Gospels. You know, you have to understand that when God repeats himself, there's a valuable lesson there. But what I love is that I believe that every single person can relate to this moment. Maybe even right now. God, I, I, I lost my job. Do you care? God, they cut hours at my job. Do you care? God, I'm sick. Do you care? God, my marriage is already shaken. Our marriage is already fragile. Now with this added pressure, God, I don't know if we can make it through. God, do you care? God, do you care? Maybe you're wondering that right now. Maybe you've been wondering that this week. You're saying, God, where are you? Where are you in all this? You're hearing the news and you're seeing everything that's going on in the world. And you're saying, God, do you even care? Let me help you out for a moment. Let Let me bring this and boil it down to this. Is that when we feel this way, what we're actually doing is we're taking the circumstances of life and we're tying it into the love of God. You know, we're saying this. Maybe not vocally, but maybe in our hearts. And we're saying, Jesus, if you loved me and you're all powerful, why are you allowing this to happen? Why does it feel like my boat is sinking? You know, Jesus never promised that we would never have any struggles in life. He never promised that we would never have to face any hardships. In fact, what he said is that in this world, we will have trouble. But he says that he can bring us peace through our trouble. He says that he can help us overcome because he has overcame. He promises that he will never leave us nor forsake us in our trouble. And he would help us through our trouble. 
That's what he said. That's his promise. Jesus, in other words, is saying, follow me in troubled times because I will be the one that will get you through your troubled times. See, in the midst of the storm, I have to understand this, is that if Jesus said that he's going to take me over, that means that nothing could take me under. What I also learned in the midst of the storm is that I can come to Jesus just as I am. And the third thing that we need to remember, friends, is that we, we need to remember this, that in the midst of the storm, our prayers have the power to calm the storm. James 5.16 says this, is that the prayer of a person living right with God. And the only way we can be right with God is through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. But it's through him that it says that our prayers become powerful and a force to be reckoned with. See, in ourselves, we're not powerful enough to calm any storm But it's saying through Jesus, we have access to the all-powerful one through prayer. You see this story? You see what the disciples do in this moment? It says that they ran to Jesus. Not with eloquent words, but with honest words. Isn't that refreshing that we can come to God and we can just pour out our hearts, even if it's in panic mode? I'm so thankful for that. I I think when I read this story, it's a physical representation of what many of our prayer lives look like right now, is we're running to God in panic mode. And I'm so glad that Jesus is the one that turns that away or gets turned off by that, but he responds to it. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful. So how does he respond? Let's look. Verse 39, he says, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Be quiet. You know, there's other translations that said that he muzzled the storm. I like the, the visual of that, right? He put a muzzle on this fierce storm. There's another translation that says that he told it to be quiet. The Omar translation said that he looked at the storm and he said, shut it. Yeah. Or maybe something stronger. I don't know. <laughs> but the Bible says here, this, that the wind died down and was completely calm. Here's the eerie thing about this. This was a supernatural calmness. Here's what I mean by that is when the winds and the waves stopped, it says that all of a sudden the water became still, so still that you could see your reflection over it. That is crazy. That is amazing. Jesus showed his disciples in that moment that he had all authority. Even when it felt like he wasn't aware of things, even when it felt like he he wasn't in control of things, he was showing them that he knew the whole time what was happening and that he had full authority and full control of everything. If only these disciples were able to cling on to the word of God in these moments and maybe they would have been prepared for this storm. Here's what I mean by that. In the book of Psalms, there's multiple verses that talk about God having the power to still the waters. This was written 400 years from before this moment. Psalms 65, 7 says, You quieted the raging oceans with their pounding waves and silenced the shouting of nations. Do you believe God can still do that today? Psalms 89, 9 says, You rule the oceans, you subdue their storm-tossed waves. Psalms 93, 4 says, But mightier than the violent raging of seas, mightier than the breakers of the shore, the Lord above is mightier than these. And lastly, Psalms 107, 29 says that he calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. 
Friends, if Jesus was able to calm that raging storm in that moment, then I believe that he could still calm the raging heart and the restless soul. If he did it for the disciples in this moment, he can still do it for us today. That's the Jesus that we're preaching about today. That's the Jesus that we, that, that we cling to and we have our hope in, even in the midst of the storm. So let's finish this verse here. He says this. It says, Jesus told his disciples, he said, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. It's a great day when the thing that you fear the most has to submit to the Lord of Lords. I mean, that humbles you, doesn't it? All of a sudden, reverence comes to mind to say, wow, God, you are awesome. That's what's happening here. That's the reverence. That's the fear of the Lord that came over them to say, wow, my goodness, I thought I knew, but now I know. Maybe going through the storm, you're going to come to that revelation, and maybe you've needed that revelation to really realize God is real and he is big. Here's another lesson from the midst of the storm. The midst of the storm, we need to ask to seek God's perspective. We need to see things like God sees. We learned that last week as well. See, Jesus didn't apologize for sleeping. He didn't even sympathize with them. Instead, he asked them two questions. The first question was this. He said, why were you afraid? Why were you afraid? You know, at first glance, that seems like a very weird question, doesn't it? You're like, Jesus, like, we're sinking here. What do you mean, why am I afraid? Was Jesus not aware of the storm? course he was he was aware even in his humanity he was still one with the father so he was very aware of everything that was going on see Jesus questions his followers because he wants them to look beyond the natural and into the spiritual so that the spiritual could affect the natural because that's how faith works that's what's going on here here's what I mean by that Jesus was telling them even if it looked Right? We, faith is not going by what you see, but in what you believe, what you know. But he's saying this. He says, even if it looked like you were going down, that was no reason for you to panic. Why? Because I was in the boat with you. See, our peace is not influenced by life's circumstances because our peace is anchored in understanding this, is that Jesus is with us. Then the second question Jesus asks is this, do you still have no faith? What was Jesus implying here? That their premise in life was wrong. See, they thought this, they thought, Jesus, if you love me, then I wouldn't have any problems. Jesus, if you love me, then everything would go perfect. And Jesus would say, I do allow people that I love to go through storms, but that is no reason for you to panic. Jesus told them, he says, do you still have no faith? See, here's the thing for all all of us. We all have stories of how Jesus rescued us. We all have stories of the miraculous when Jesus made a way when there was no way. But for some reason, when we're in the midst of the storm, we forget those stories. We forget his faithfulness. So we need to remember that. We need to trust him. See, if we trust him with eternity... Why do we think we can't trust them with today or tomorrow or next week? See, in the midst of the storm, Jesus 
is asking them these questions. And I believe that when we're in a storm, Jesus asks us those same questions. He asks us, why are you afraid and where is your faith? Now the disciples, they thought they did, he didn't care for them. They thought he didn't love them. But Jesus is telling them, he says, if you only knew how much I love you, if you only understood how much I care for you, then maybe when the storm came, you would have had peace and confidence and calmness in your spirit, even though when everything around you seems like it's breaking forth and ready to bring you down. He says, if you only knew how much I loved you, then you would have been calm throughout this whole thing. See, that's why Jesus was able to sleep through this storm, because he had perfect confidence in the Father's love for him. And we need to share in that confidence. And this is my last point here. And this is that one thing that matters the most. The one thing that's going to keep us together, hold us together. The one thing that we're going to need to cling to with whatever storm comes our way. And it's the last point here. And it's in the midst of the storm. Anchor yourself in God's love. Anchor yourself in God's love. How do we know God's love? Well, we know this. It's on full display in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 says it best. Romans 8, 32 says, He, meaning God, did not spare His own Son, Jesus, but gave Him up for us all. Won't He also give everything else? Whatever you need today. He gave you it all through Christ. It is yours through Christ. Verse 35, he says, Can anything ever separate us from that kind of love, from the love of Christ? Listen to what he says here. He says, Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Those are some serious issues. Those are some real hardships. And it's saying that in those moments, through those seasons, whatever we experience, it says that even those things cannot separate us from the love of God. So the answer to that question is a big no. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. He helps us overcome and stay faithful even in the midst of the storm. I love verse 38, it says this. It says, and I am convinced that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons. Listen to this, friends. Neither our fears for today and our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from the love of God. Wow, that's what we need to be anchored to, God's word, God's word. Nothing can separate us from God's love. That's the secret to our peace, friends. That's the secret to our peace. That's the lesson that I believe that Jesus was trying to get his disciples to learn that day. And I believe that that's the same lesson that he wants to teach his followers today is that that's the secret, that's our peace, is to anchor ourselves, to understand, to fully grasp the love of God. And nothing can separate us from it. Don't allow any storm in life to drown out this truth. 
You are not forsaken. You are loved. You are cared for by Father in heaven. If he didn't abandon us on the cross, what makes us think that he would ever abandon us now or in the future? He's a God of the follow through. He's the God of the finish line and he promises that he's gonna get us through no matter what's ahead of us. God is a God who overcomes, he overcame. Victory is in him. Now, I know faith, I know that fear is real. It's crippling, it's a real feeling. Sometimes we can't control it. I know that fear is real, but I also know that faith is real as well. And here's the thing about faith and fear. They both anchor themselves in the future. Fear anchors itself in the future that says, I'm alone. But faith, faith anchors itself in the future that says, Jesus is with me and Jesus' love loves me. We get to choose, friends, what we're going to anchor our lives to. We get to choose through it all. So what's your choice? How will you work through this? How are you going to live your life this week, this month? Will it be a person of faith that could stay calm in the midst of the storm? Jesus gave us the way. He gave us the truth. And he gave us the life. Now let's do that. Can we pray? I want to pray for many of you this morning that maybe are struggling in this area. Maybe you're going through the storm right now and it has nothing to do with with this virus but but this virus this this intensified it and so I want to pray for you I want to pray that this morning's message would encourage you and and give you hope for tomorrow that Jesus is already there that Jesus is here that he's not limited in time or space but that he's our ever-present help in our time of need So he's your help today. So I want to pray for you. I also want to lift up the many people right now that are working really hard to care for many people, whether it's through the medical field or whether it's our first responders, it's it's our law enforcement. I want to lift them up. Can we do that, church? Can we lift them up? Can we pray over their lives? Pray that God will continue to sustain them through these times. Join me as we pray. Father, I just lift up anybody today, God, who's watching, God, that, that may be struggling in this area, but Lord, your revelation brought them hope. Your revelation brought them a freedom that they have not experienced, God, that even in the fiercest of storms, they're going to anchor themselves in hope and truth of your word. God, I pray, God, that that translates through this broadcast, God, and, 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 and their hearts would be settled, that their homes would be at peace. Because you have the power to bring calmness and stillness, even for the most restless of situations, the most chaotic of situations. You have the authority, and we thank you that we can come to you as we are. Open our hearts, God, and you would give us what we need for the day, for today, for tomorrow, throughout our lives. And God, I would lift up many people right now, God, that are working really hard working long hours, God, making big sacrifices, God, because they're putting others before themselves, God. That is a quality, God, that sounds like you, God. That sounds like your character, sounds like exactly what you would do and what you modeled for us. And these people are living that out among us. And Lord, let us not forget that, God. Let us love them, care for them, and encourage them and do whatever we can to support them, God, in this cause. So we lift them up, Lord. We pray that you would cover them Protect them, keep them healthy and strong. Give them everything that they need to accomplish the job at hand. 
And God, we thank you for our church family. We thank you we can come together, even if it's in a moment like this, God, but we thank you that you're bringing us together. You're uniting us. Lord, even though the building's closed, we know that church is never closed. We always have access to your presence, God, so we thank you for that. Let us never take that for granted. God, we love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen. Well, thank you so much for being here or, or allowing us into your home today. We're so thankful for that opportunity. We hope that this message was a blessing to you and an encouragement for your week. God bless you. See you next week.